This episode is brought to you by REMAX Ace Realty in Downingtown, PA. Whether you're looking to buy or sell a home, we have a real estate expert for you. Search for homes or contact an agent at acerealtypa.com. This is the Chester County Real Estate Podcast. Bringing you the info you need to make your next move a great one. This show is brought to you by Remax Ace Realty. For show notes and links, go to acerealtypa.com slash podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Chester County Real Estate Podcast. This is the show that gives you the information you need to make your next move a great one. My name is Sean Dominski, and I'm happy to be sitting down again with Bobby Holmes, managing broker of Remax Ace Realty of the Bobby Holmes Groups, homesweethomes.com. And uh, today we were talking about getting making your offer stand out among multiple offers. So for the last couple real estate buying seasons, we've experienced a pretty significant seller's market, which means a lot of people have been making offers, and then to come to find out there's multiple offers on the property, and you know the the dreaded words a bidding war incurs but you know there's a couple other things that can be done other than just bid the price up to uh, get your offer ex- uh, noticed by the sellers you know past the listing agent and then eventually accepted so i wanted to talk a little bit about ideas that you've had that you've seen your buyers use in order to get their offers noticed um, and if there's any stories of people getting their offers accepted even if they weren't necessarily the highest amount offered on the property sure yeah uh, good question very timely right now uh, folks are considering the listing price of the house to be the starting bid mm-hmm. and that's that's really unfortunate right now for the buyers um, it is absolutely important to try to make yourself stand out. First and foremost, I always recommend that the buyer's agent call the listing agent. Mm-hmm. The listing agent essentially is the gatekeeper of the property. They have the relationship with the seller. Uh, they may be a friend, you know, friend or family member, or you know, they've established a baseline rapport. Uh, if you can win that person over right away. There's definitely going to be some influence that the listing agent has in potentially favoring your client's offer. Um, You absolutely need to be creative. You need something that stands out. Um, I I do see folks not just accepting offers based upon the price. A lot of times the terms are dictating what they ultimately Right. Except, uh, so first of all, is timing. Yeah, I was going to say, in this market especially, you know, being – Sellers are also looking at terms a lot closer as well because they might, you know, where they're going and how they're moving or what they're moving into is a pretty big deal too because they're on tight deadlines as well. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, in years past, the typical transition was you would list your home. You didn't know when it was going to sell and then you go out and find a property. It's It's pretty much reversed now. The yeah. you want to go out and secure your property and then put the sign in the yard and you think it's going to sell in thirty seconds later. <laughs> so, um, lining up with the seller's logistics is drastically important. First question from the buyer agent should be, "When is your seller looking for a settlement date? What's the flexibility?" Um, I'm seeing buyers able to, for the most part, accommodate that because they've been searching for so long now. They've develop some ability to be flexible or they're living with a family member or they're in some type of short-term uh, rental situation um, or maybe even month to month. 
and they've already started this process knowing that it might take some time um beyond that um it's unfortunate but you know we've seen a lot of buyers have to waive inspections they're paying transfer tax they're offering to give the seller a free lease back mm -hmm. um, well real quick let's just uh hit some of those so waiving inspections obviously is a huge um is a huge liability for the buyer but from Absolutely. the seller's standpoint the reason why they want to see inspections waived is because it's going to be less negotiating than they're going to have to do you know in the week or two following right so, right so a lot of times and you know i feel like buyers all across the map are guilty of this but they'll use the inspections to renegotiate the deal so the sellers don't want the buyers to have another opportunity to knock this off, renegotiate the deals. Once all the other uh, offers are off the table, you know, they come in with this really sweet high deal. And then, you know, then they think in the inspection period, they're going to negotiate. Yeah. And deal. that's it right there. You know, when the seller goes under contract, they feel like each day is increasingly important in this, you know, special period of time where yeah. they don't want to lose marketing time. Right. Um, when they sign and go under contract, they want to believe that it's a done deal. So the buyer's eliminating as many contingencies as possible is mm -hmm. a huge favor to them. I think most buy most sellers already build in a budget for you know some bit of uh, let's say a, a you know a marginal area for repairs or credit. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily that they know that there's something drastically wrong with their place. They just want to feel like once they sign on the dotted line, I mean, they're they're super accelerated to you know the pending stage where right. they're packing up and they're ready to go. Um, so, so, what are your thoughts on inspections for informational purposes only, or somewhere around that where the buyer can still get some peace of mind, can get someone in there? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about a couple different options. Uh, as far as getting an inspector in there before they make their offer. Yeah, um, you know, my professional recommendation is for your protection, get a home inspection. Absolutely. I'm never advising that for buyers, but I do realize that, you know, in this market, it it is mm -hmm. a, you know, highly competitive piece. So what I'm trying to do is be creative and find ways for the buyers to be able to have some bit of peace of mind um, and, and at least know what they're getting into. So if you're able to wiggle yourself into a, an inspection scenario, it's got to be very fast. It's got to be one to two days in and yeah. out. Right. Accepting the property as is, for inspections for informational purposes only, um, that's going to be a big selling point too. So I think sellers are, uh, you know, they're, they're able to lean into that. Mm -hmm. Psychologically, I feel that sellers want the buyers to be happy with the property. They want to at least feel like they feel comfortable with what they're getting into because they rely on those buyers to move to Chapter 2. They need them to jump right. through the hoops and follow through with the purchase. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, if you can get your buyers an inspection, it's ideal for the buyers and in their competitive competitiveness of their offer to, you know, be able to do one two-day inspection uh, for informational purposes only. And they're willing to accept the property as is. They'll give the sellers a thumbs up or a thumbs down, mm -hmm. and they can terminate uh, right away, not waste the seller's marketing period. And it, it's it's likely that it's able to happen so fast 
the seller may not even have to you know move the property completely away from a marketing period they may still be able to market the property uh, right. during that contingency period um, if you're I'm thinking of some segmented markets around Chester County and um, good boy it's so competitive that you know you can't even get that so Right. What I'm having buyers do is, you know, pay a contractor, pay a home inspector mm -hmm. to come on the showing with you. Um, now, this might be, um, you know, a nominal fee, uh, hundred bucks, two hundred bucks here. Um, I've had buyers take the the home inspector on multiple showings that they've, you know, toured properties that day, and you know they they spent a buck or two. But yeah. how much is it going to cost if you? buy a property and there's something really wrong with it and you're in over your head so um you know small fee now big fee later um it makes great sense then you then you can feel comfortable waiving the right. inspections uh now the, the other thing that you said was paying the transfer tax too so let's talk a little bit about how obviously it's more money out of the buyer's pockets right but it's a little bit different than just raising the price by a couple you know, whatever that difference is. Sure, sure. So let's just say, so in Chester County, in most of the suburban areas, mm -hmm. the transfer tax is 2%. And according to the agreement of sale, Pennsylvania, it's split evenly between buyer and seller. So 1% of the sale price. Now, it is a real wow factor, I yeah. find, when the sellers open up their offer and, you know, the listing agent says, and they're going to pay your transfer tax. They say, oh, wow. Yeah. Right? They really step back and, you know, they say, oh, wow, this person's serious. Okay. Now, at the end of the day, the buyer's paying transfer tax comes out of their pocket up mm -hmm. front. Okay. So more money they need to bring to the table. Sure. They can just raise the sale price on the back end and essentially mortgage that property you know they're paying interest on that over 30 years but right. just we'll, go ahead we'll and go ahead and throw that on the loan right. it all translates into the same net amount for the sellers however it just, like i said it um you come out of pocket now right. for it it's really it's really helping you stand well, also, out also that's a little bit less that it has to appraise for too that's right um the the seller is also you know paying typically paying real estate commissions they're not mm -hmm. paying that on you know the slightly inflated price um, it, everything's based upon the sale price as far as um, commissions or fees right. so they're going to save you know a penny here penny there um, and, and you're right that is the big kicker if appraisal's an issue um, you know that's it's not going to count negatively towards the appraisal price. All right. So I want to get your opinion. Um, somewhat controversial uh -oh, question here. We here. Go. No, here no, no. How do you, you called the right guy. How do you approach the deposit? Because mm -hmm. obviously increasing your deposit is one way to make the offer stronger. Yeah, absolutely. But not actually have to spend more on the property. But there is a point of diminishing returns. So, I mean, there's a point where no matter how much more you put down, it's going to mean the same to the seller. Sure. Um, so it's going to vary upon price points of the property. Um, anything in the ten thousand up range is going to be received, I think, as a strong, you know, deposit. When you're talking properties, I would say six, seven hundred and above, um, a twenty k deposit. 
starts really coming into you know dialogue mm-hmm. um they're the sellers are seeing that as you know real skin in the game now <laughs> you know ironically sometimes the deposit can really be smoke and mirrors because through the contingency process right. the buyers are able to get that money back as long as they're acting in good faith if they terminate the agreement you know with a mortgage contingency appraisal contingency home inspection all these various different ways they're able to get that money back in full mm-hmm. really leaving the seller out the dry in marketing time um, sometimes a lot of times they've packed up and moved out to accommodate the buyers you know cl- quick closing date um, so so I'm seeing um, and and helping my sellers negotiate for an option for a non-refundable deposit so right. now now you talk about a buyer putting down a non-refundable deposit I mean that's skin in the game here so um, when it becomes now, of course, that comes at a great risk, right. uh, especially if they're you know taking out a loan and they've got some hoops that it needs to appraise, and you know if they've got um, some mountains to climb. Uh, but if you're you know it's a cash deal, they know they're going to buy the house, you know, and and they're they're packed up, ready to go. I mean, why not? That's gonna. I mean, that's gonna that's gonna speak to the sellers, mm-hmm. you know. Is there a form for non-refundable deposit, or do you just have to kind of add that in? Well, I mean, I'm sure there's you know, there's, a, <laughs> there's probably a form that I'm a lot aware of for just about every scenario. Um, right. What I'm doing is um, right on uh, page two of the agreement of sale in Pennsylvania, where it highlights the deposit. There's three lines for mm-hmm. basically your options. Um, so on line three, you can kind of freelance right in you know, a special term for the deposit. Maybe it's this deposit's due X amount of days after something happens or right. Um, so right there, I'll put, um, you know, 10000 $10,000 deposit is non-refundable. Right. You could also write that into the special terms. Mm-hmm. Um, a better way to do it for on the buyer end, the buyer agent side is to maybe make that non-refundable deposit after, you know, Another thing happens like we've right. gotten through inspections or um, the property is appraised for a satisfactory price. Um, but again, it's going to give the seller a wow factor. And we're, you know, the the target of our discussion is to talk about ways to stand out. Well, that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what are your thoughts, again, on the uh, line of controversy on the uh, buyer letter? Sure. Well, now, now the the other thing, too, to remember is like I feel like. Recently, when you have 10 plus offers, mm-hmm. no one's reading buyer letters. They're just looking at the terms. They just mm-hmm. don't have the time. But, you know, it's something that I'm pretty sure PA still allows, right? Yeah, well, I, you know, I would actually, uh, you know, challenge, you know, what you said there. I, I think they are reading them. Okay. And Even if there's like a large amount. I, I do think they're they're taking that in stride. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, typically the listing agents, they're very, very busy. They're going to just forward, you right. know, an email uh, with all of the, you know, offer documents. And if that's included in there, I, I don't see many of them chopping that out. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's, you know, ethical and fair housing types of issues to consider if you're an agent attaching yourself to um, writing these buyer letters. Mm. If the buyer decides to write a letter on their, you know, at their own time, their own account, that, you know, it, 
under their own will, then, you know, and the agent is hands off from that. Well, we, we can't control what they do, you know. Right. Um, I've been at plenty of settlement tables where the seller said, oh, you know, right at the end, it really was that letter that right. made all the difference. And, and, you know, when they're, we're talking, you know, multiple offers and something's really close, I do see sellers favoring the folks that they feel like they want to sell the home to. Mm -hmm. um, a big part of it being that, um, you know, if they, especially if they've, it was their family home and they've lived there for, you know, 30 plus years, they want it to go to somebody that they feel like is going to love the home and make right. memories in it and cherish it like they had because they've had all the, they're attached to it emotionally. And um, that's where the, the buyer letter can help them stand out. Um, or even to help them, you know, just put, they can put a face to the, you know, to the ink and yeah. let them better visualize, um, you know, the, the people that are, are interested in their property. And, um, yeah, it's gotta be a good letter though. <laughs> if right. it's, you know, I do see some of these canned letters that looks like the standard letter, their agent had them write and it says, you know, dear Mr. and Mrs. Seller, cool. we really like this property, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, it should, I would say if a letter that stands out should be specifically written for that property, highlight things that mm -hmm. um, they really appreciated from that property because it's likely that the sellers appreciate those things too. Right. Um, and then of course address those people directly. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm going through like the things. So I, I like to go back. I like to go through the things that are going to be with the offer when you submit it. So mm -hmm. like that's kind of like the limits that you have in to make your offer stand out. So you have the, the offer, the deposit, the a, a letter. Um, let's talk about pre-approvals and mortgage companies, mortgage lenders, because we don't really talk too much about this, mm -hmm. but it is possible that the bank or lender that you're that you're going to or what kind of pre-approval or pre-qualification you have is also going to strengthen or weaken your your offer as well yeah um you know so i think in all scenarios it definitely helps to have the local lender okay mm -hmm. a lender that's and of course you know beyond the local lender you know there's personality traits to that person that I think sometimes can help sell the deal and that being um, the lender is accessible or the lender right. will answer the phone, the lender can answer questions. Whenever I have a seller honing in on a buyer and we're looking at their pre-approval, um, they, they typically want me to do another level of due diligence. So mm -hmm. that's where I'll say, hey, well, listen, this is the best I can do right now is you know, we can look at their buyer financial disclosure and I can call the lender and, you know, just, just say, Hey, you know, without knowing too much information, are these people good? Right. The local lender is going to understand, um, you know, the variations in property taxes and, um, have a, you know, basically, a somewhat of an idea of what these properties going to praise for. Um, so that's important. I try to sell that. Yeah in the offers I write, I try to use the local lender where I can, uh, but, but don't let me discredit out of town lenders. I've had, you know, I've had good experiences and bad experiences with, with mm -hmm. both. So I do 
like to have uh, typically the local lender if i'm writing a buyer offer you know i might say hey we're putting in this offer um you know i did tell the listing agent they could reach out to you if they had any questions and a good listing agent will they'll give that lender a call and then the lender uh, especially one you've worked with before and one that's they're a sales professional they'll sell your buyer right to the listing agent and that's just you know another the, then the listing agent feels good about it and then of course that translates into the seller feeling good about the offer now I don't want too many specifics, but from the listing side, have you ever looked at a pre-approval or saw a lender's name on there and you were like, I got to, you know, this, there's some red flags here have, can, that you can think of or anything? Well, sure. Um, so a lot of the pre-approvals I'm seeing recently mm-hmm. will say specific points in the approval process that they are it'll say you know credit verified check um Mm -hmm. income verified check because really you can go online and just fill out an application and you know maybe you don't really have a clear picture of you and you just estimate your finances or um, you don't really know what your credit score is and you just say hey here's my credit score so at least once I see that, there's a, just the next level of, you know, due diligence mm-hmm. on the lender side. Those things I appreciate. Um, also, when the the pre-approval is specifically addressed for that property. Uh-huh. Okay, so if right. right, so sometimes they just say you know address unknown or you know address to be determined. If it says one two three Main Street at least I know that that buyer has run that property past their lender and they've looked mm-hmm. at it and they've crunched the numbers and said, okay, you're good on my good faith. And the, you know, the name of my business, I can issue this, you know, yeah. this pre-approval letter. So final question, mm-hmm. how does the agent that you're working with make a difference to getting your offer accepted? Sure. Um, I think extremely important. Uh, so the first piece is the speed. Okay, so the uh, the buyer getting into the house and you know unfortunately having to make a quick decision, but but getting their offer in quickly and get them and getting that over to the seller lets the seller start digesting the idea of selling their property to this person, and the same sense that oh they were first in the door you know mm-hmm. um, they want it to work for that person. Right. Okay. Now, if, you know, the, if they get blown away in price as, you know, that's one thing, but if we're talking it being very close, it, it's as if the sellers are often rooting for that first person because they were the first ones to show, you know, the, the, the appreciation interest in their home. When it comes to the other agent, again, uh, you know, you need to introduce yourself, build the rapport. Um, the agent, I assume, in any scenario is very very busy okay so even if they're not or they're just you know doing this part-time like many professionals are providing information to them in a clear concise way makes their job easier i think they appreciate that Mm -hmm. i like to highlight all my offer terms right in the email price contingencies settlement date to make it real easy for them to present i also don't want them to miss something that's important to me or something that we use to you know stand out to the sellers 
because they're busy or they the communication breakdown between me and listing agent occurred um, or they forgot. Mm-hmm. So I'll highlight those items right away. They can I, they can literally just forward my email to the sellers and I've communicated the message that my buyers intended. Um, of course, you want somebody that's um, you know experienced and and understands um, you know the process. Ultimately, if I had ten agents, you know, lined up here, and I were to choose one, I would want the one that would at least just ethically present my offer in the best light that it can be. Mm-hmm. Okay, because um, you know we understand as although the agent has ethical and legal duties to present the offer the agent is going to have their own motivations, their own sales incentives, their own biases attached to however they present something. So um, the agent that's able to be ethical and, and lay it all out, you know, with equal distribution in a multiple offer situation to the sellers, that's the one I pick. And then, you know, let's let the, let's let the, the price and the terms, you know, speak to whether or not we're going to get the property. Awesome. Cool. All right, man. How can uh, people get a hold of you? Sure. Um, well, I'm here three days a week in the Remax Ace Realty office. That's 484-712-0009. Three other days a week, I'm on the road. Yeah, we're located right here in Downingtown. Right here in uh, Downingtown and in um, right near the Acme in Thorndale, right on Lincoln Highway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm all over the web www.homesweethomes.com and um, I <laughs> if you have a question buyer, se- buying, selling or just want to chat I'm, I'm here to help here awesome. to serve cool thanks a lot man I appreciate yeah, it my pleasure great being here thank you thanks for listening this has been the Chester County Real Estate Podcast brought to you by Remax Ace Realty serving buyers and sellers in the Chester County area. Subscribe for new episodes at acerealtypa.com slash podcast. And you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever podcasts are found.